Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Studying Games podcast from Little Rock Games. My name's Joe. I'm Brad. I'm Robbie. I'm Olivia. And I'm Danner. And we want to welcome you to this month's uh, podcast. Uh, this season, we are looking at games that have some relationship to death. That's right, death. And uh, so this month, we all played a game called What Comes After, which was developed by Pixelnesia and Rolling Glory Jam and published by Rolling Glory Jam. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we are trying to think about the concept of death and how it uh, kind of works in a variety of ways in different games. And so, um, yeah, What Comes After is the game we picked for this month to kind of check that out. Um, we're all on Zoom once again this month, so if the audio seems a little persnickety, that's the reason why. Um, hopefully next month we'll be in person, but uh, yeah. this month, Fingers that's crossed. what we're doing. Fingers crossed. Um, anyway, so why don't we dive right in? Uh, uh, what comes after, by the way, is a kind of side-scrolling adventure uh, with a short, heartwarming story. I'll just read you the prompt. Uh, it's a short, heartwarming story about learning how to love yourself. Help Vivi in her journey on the train to the afterlife and back. Um, and so, yeah, it's a game where you talk to a bunch of characters on the train and think about and kind of process uh, uh, what death is. And with that, uh, maybe somebody wants to jump in with some initial thoughts about it. Well, I... Uh... I really enjoyed it. I think it's kind of close to um, uh, maybe something I, I would kind of be interested in, in making. It was kind of my speed. Um, and it didn't, it, it didn't take too long for what it was. I think sometimes uh, with a game like this, there's a danger of it kind of being too short or too, or too long. And I thought it was, it was the right length. Um uh, a minor thing, but I think that there's some translation things, but I still think I kind of liked some of the things it had to say. It was, it was good. It was touching. Nice. Yeah. 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 You just made me realize that it would have fit into last season as well. Wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I already oh. forgot what last season's theme was. <laughs> it was short games. Pairs of short games. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> In fact, this one would have gone, would have been really interesting to put next to subsurface circular. Mm. Uh, because of, yeah. of going through and hearing the different stories on the train. Yes. Um, if you guys missed subsurface circular talk, that was uh, two or three episodes ago. I think uh, we did subsurface circular and, uh, another game the space one what uh tanner help me out it was my pick and i'm blinking too oh my gosh <laughs> the outer uh, terrible outer world outer wilds outer wilds it's pronounced outer worlds outer wilds i think outer wilds yeah but but yeah just uh, uh, jump piggybacking on on what what you what robbie and joe were just saying um, yeah, th this could have been a good uh, comparable one too, both because it was a short game and because it would have fit really well with subsur subsurface circular. Three months later, I'm still having trouble saying subsurface circular. <laughs> um, if you did, uh, if you didn't happen to listen to that episode, 
Uh, you definitely should go back because uh, we had some neat little things to say about that. Um, and I, I'll keep going here. I can give my comments on on uh, what comes after. I had never really played, and I'm, I'm not really into sort of the visual novel kind of thing. Um, I've played around with some shorter ones and some mobile ones and things like that. And they always... Um, they're fun and interesting, and it's certainly an interesting way of storytelling, but they get kind of tedious. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. I love the simplicity of it. Uh, uh, there, there's really only a couple of real scenes and, and areas uh, just walking along the train and then a couple of sort of, you might call them cut scenes, like graphic cut scenes sort of, but it's super straight and linear, uh, which again is not typically one of my favorite things, but uh, I, I really, I really liked it. It was cute and quaint and charming and, and a good, interesting story. And we can dive a little deeper into uh, uh, all the finer points of the story and all those pieces as we go along. But yeah, that was, that was my first impression. Yeah. I, uh, I, th I think the length of the game um is actually a pretty big strength for it. Uh, something that sort of like stood out to me. Um, so, so like I've personally found like philosophically, like it's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit basic and not, not that it's trying to have like some, some grand revelation, but yeah. uh, it, it didn't go as, as deep as I hoped it might sometimes. Um, but I actually think it would be, a really great piece of media to share with like a younger kid yeah um to help sort of breach like some of those difficult topics uh i guess we should throw out a content warning uh there'll be you know talk about death obviously and and suicide and uh sort of related uh areas but um it's I don't know. It, it seems like a, a great format for something like that, where it's not overly, you know, nihilistic or overly, uh, you know, saccharine, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think I think it would be really helpful for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I do feel like it, it does stay surface level on purpose. Like it's not trying to like change anybody's mind about anything. It's just trying to sort of talk about these things from lots of different, really small, like self-contained perspectives, which is one really cool thing that, that we see in this game. Um, it's linear in that you're just walking down the train and talking to whoever you do and don't want to talk to. This sort of encourage you in the game to just talk to all of the ghosts that are on the train with you, um, but you don't have to. Um, and I do feel like sometimes the way that it was framing, so specifically, I mean, I, I guess we should talk about the main character a little bit, and I guess we sort of jumped past our opening thoughts, <laughs> kind of, but I feel like it's okay to jump right in. because Yes, yes, it is. Um, but, um, she is pretty clearly seems to be, like, super depressed, borderline suicidal when she gets on this train. Mm -hmm. and like learns from other people about like what that means and like maybe you know um and maybe learn something along the way um and and yeah i, I do feel like it's surface level and, and on some level that does feel a little bit condescending when it's trying to handle these really heavy topics but it's just people being like don't 
do that because it makes people sad and it's like well yeah but like you know so it, it it does go deeper than that like that's definitely me oversimplifying but but i found it a really interesting game um i also agree that the length um is about was about what i would want it to be um and and yeah no it's it's definitely definitely cool i also just noticed that um at least one of the um one of the collaborators on this game worked on Coffee Talk, which is a really another really interesting mm. game that's just about talking and learning about other people's lives. So, um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And this yeah. definitely has a very different vibe than that does. Yeah, it's so I'm going to be. You mentioned sort of the the simplicity and and kind of in a a, a borderline bordering on condescension a little bit. Uh, I, I I I got that too, but I feel like it was kind of mitigated a bit by the fact that each one of the stories, well, first of all, there were a variety of different stories from a variety of different ghosts that you get to talk to and other other characters, um, but they were all nice and short, and uh, the they they were so kind of overly simplified that it didn't come off as being too condescending to me. Yeah, I. I think that was kind of what saved it. Yeah, I appreciated kind of the sh- the shortness of of everything. Um, I guess I appreciated that it wasn't trying to make an argument. It was just sort of plainly stating their viewpoint on death and what makes life worth living. Without like, it's not an argument. It's just this is how this is how we view it. You know, I can yeah. kind of appreciate that. Yeah, I felt that way too. Uh, the fact that they kept it so simple was was. Uh, very nice. I think Joe was going to say something. Oh no, I I, I was trying to f- decide how to frame. <laughs> so I I've I had a lot of issues with the writing of this game. <laughs> so so I'm I'm going to be like the. I guess this happened once before last season where I was like just being felt like I was mean the whole time. But um, so I love the art style. I think the art style is absolutely adorable. Like it it's it's really well constructed the 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 animation and the and the design of the of the art style is just spot on for like i i i really wanted to dive in and and love what 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 i was going to read um because we should also say that it's called a side-scrolling adventure but it really is just i mean it's a game where you spend an hour reading um which is fine i'm not critiquing it for that but um but i really did so I thought there was a real opportunity here to create characters that were memorable. Um, and I, I, I don't know if it was that they were so short, but, but a lot of them, it, a lot of the writing felt really repetitive to me. Like, like a lot of characters were like, hey, you're not dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like all of their intros were super similar. So it was like, you're not dead, you shouldn't be here. And like, I just, I'm not sure if it was, it, someone mentioned translation, but I, I, that was, I was concerned by a game that was so focused on writing that I just felt like, I, I felt like the writing could have done so much more to create sort of, so that each character felt really different. Um, and I guess I just didn't get that. So I won't belabor that point, but anyway. Yeah, I think I sort of agree. I mean, I, I will say that I don't feel like all of the characters, there's too many characters for them all to try and be memorable. But, 
even the ones that sort of felt like they were supposed to be, um, because it's so linear and because you only ever have like one conversation with each of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it was trying to create memorable characters, but I do feel like maybe it would have benefited from that. Uh, and there was the, the ones that they chose as like some of the standout characters. I was just sort of not super. I, I just didn't really like, so I'm going to talk about, are we going to talk about the baby? Can we talk about the baby? Yeah, let's talk about the baby. Talk about the baby. Because I felt like it was supposed to make me really sad, but the way it was written just felt like it totally, like, I don't know if it was just to, like, make it easier to read about. They sort of made the baby, like, sort of comic relief when it's a dead baby that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. The tone of it, I just... I was just put off by it the whole time. And I sort of felt that vibe a couple times throughout the game. It wasn't enough to make me like, I, like dislike it, but I just, I think I see where you're coming from, Joe. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. that affirmation. Um, on the flip side, I, there were some moments where it provoked me. Someone used the word philosophically. I think Tanner maybe said, talked about philosophy. So I was provoked to think about, and I was surprised by some moments in the game where I thought, well, this is a really interesting way to, to kind of evoke emotion about death. And so, so there were definitely some surprises like that where I had, a, like there were moments and I thought, oh, that's a cool moment. But I, I think it was just that for a game that was as short as it was, I just, I felt like they could have taken more care with the writing. And again, I don't know the details of the translation because I don't even know what the original language was actually. Um, but but that was that was just my kind of gut reaction. Um, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I actually was kind of thinking of the, the conversation with the baby uh, in terms of like ways it might be helpful for kids to like, uh, sort of understand that I those ideas, right? right. Like, I feel so, like that framing makes me, yeah, sort of appreciate that a little bit more. But just as me as a reader, I was just like, is this what yeah. we're doing right now? Like, uh -huh. that, that's kind of what I was poorly trying to say at the beginning. Like, I didn't find it to be a very, like, enlightening game for me. Um, but I, I thought that it it handled the subjects decently in a way that's like, uh you know if 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 you were a if, small child <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean in a way that would be you sure. know good good for that demographic if that makes sense yeah um, but yeah i mean i think that that's that's one good thing that we can definitely say about the game is that it takes a you know it takes huge topics of death and existentialism and purpose and uh uh you know fatalism to some degree um and you know wraps it up into a nice what an hour or so hour and a half uh if you're you know an hour if you're clicking real fast and can read fast uh just a nice quick package and simplifies it down to a visual comic novel right a visual novel novel comic book thing so yeah. and i think it was i i feel like it was successful in that yeah. Uh, could it be that the concepts seem uh, simple and unchallenging because we're all uh, adults with a relatively healthy relationship with life and maybe, right. you know, somewhat self-actualized people? I, I don't know. That's saying a lot. Bro. Well, yeah, but I, I guess what <laughs> I mean is like at least four of us are. 
Sure. <laughs> I think I guess we all like, know who those are. <laughs> you know, if if there are a lot of people that do sort of like look to video games and TV and books as just a way to distract from ever having to face the idea that uh, that maybe like making life worth something is your own responsibility. Mm. Yeah. And so to have a game that's like, Hey, I know you're used to like playing games so that you don't have to think about this, but here, think about it for an hour. Um, you know, I think there are, it's fair to say that there are people in the world that maybe don't think of these things or haven't faced these things. Totally. And I don't know. It, it's, it's, I think, I think there is something to be said for content that just plainly states things. Yeah. I do feel like anything that makes me think about like real life in this way for an hour has value. Like yeah, even if yeah, I yeah. have nitpicks about the writing, you know, yep. all that stuff aside, I still really enjoy this game. Um, but yeah, no, I, so I, it's, it's weird. Cause I, I have conflicting feelings about it. Right. Cause I like that they're covering lots of different ground from all these different perspectives, but, and then, you know, and, and in that way, they're not saying anything cause they just want you to, they're not saying anything. Like they're not telling you what way to think because that's not the point. They're just showing you a bunch of different ideas. And so mm-hmm. this, but, but at the same time, like I just wanted a little bit more sometimes you know what I mean like because it felt like well now that conversation's over let's move on and let's see the you know the next conversation that's gonna fold out yeah. sort of the same way but say it sort of differently I don't know yeah and, and yeah. that was that was just sort of built into the I think that's more of an issue I don't even want to call it a problem but more of an an issue with the the format of the game and and that short linear going from person to person than it is. I, I think it was written and, and conceived well within that, within that framework, within that short framework of being on, what, four or five cars in a train and talking mm-hmm. to as many ghosts that, that, that would fit in there. So from yeah. that, though, I, I also want to bring up something, which is another game, which is Mortician's Tale. Mm. Um, which is a game I thought about a lot while playing this game. And again, they're doing a little bit of a different thing, right? The format of the game is obviously very different. But in a lot of ways, they're sort of trying to cover the same ground, right? Like that game is about death very blatantly and very much so in its marketing and how they talk about themselves. And it's about sort of coming to terms with that and what it means and what it means to other people and what it means to somebody that has to see it all the time. And um and it's a little bit self-reflective at times but it's mostly about you know like people's families and all this stuff um and and I really just feel like it was so much more effective at doing what it's doing in about the same time frame um and not not that I feel like they need to be compared right they're both different and they're both made by different people with different backgrounds and have both of very interesting things to say Uh, and both are worth playing but um I'm trying to put my finger on exactly why I felt like Mortician's Tale was more effective you know what i mean um so i haven't played mortician's tale but i feel like from what i've read about it i was actually i was going i was almost about to pick it for this for this season but i decided not to it's it feels like it's more about sort of uh like it's more about death uh i know all these games are supposed to are about death but i feel like mortician's tale is very much about death and this feels like it's more geared it's more about life like every, like yeah, the whole game is geared towards true. well see actually yeah. i would i would frame it 
I actually think maybe there's, well, that I think is maybe true, but I actually think Mortician's Tale is more a, about the deaths of each of the people who died. Mm-hmm. And this game is more about Vivi. Um, mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. how I would frame it. Cause like, yeah. mm-hmm. like the care that Mortician's Tale takes with each death is way different than what we get from each of these little, very kind of tight little stories. Um, so like, again, I, I don't feel like I know any of the, Anyway, uh, yeah, it's yeah, like I know like, what you're saying. So I, I feel I feel like all of these ghosts are just ways of Vivi bouncing. Like like it's like Vivi's the focus, and the deaths are just devices for. Yeah, this is like a know. Christmas Carol. Exactly. Like, we yeah. don't get yeah. to know about the the ghosts that visit Scrooge because it's about Scrooge. Of. Yeah. 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 Um, it, like they're probably not even real, right? You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a, be- a bit of undigested beef. exactly <laughs> I mean, um, it's kind of interesting to think of this game as almost a bookend to mortician's tale then. more gravy well, than grave say, as a <laughs> as designers though i especially because you know that's one of the reasons we like doing this podcast yeah is so why did the one game make one choice and like so in mortician's tale we're we only see like what four people five people yeah. five people's deaths and we have to go through the whole process with dealing with their bodies and then we have to go and talk with their family and mm-hmm. and console them through this whole situation and um and then there's this game which you know takes and gives you i don't even know like, like 30 like 20 to 30 different conversations but they're sure. shorter they give you a little peek into all these different lives so like even plants even plants yeah and animals um so what are some thoughts about like what what does that that choice what what how does that feel to y'all yeah I mean, we've already touched on it a little bit with with previous conversation but just well, framing them directly like yeah that. i mean i mean ge- as a general choice for me it i think it's it has tons of potential the th- the thing that ended up happening for me was that it I mean, we already talked about the kind of the kind of loss of individuality but but it also felt like like at least on one or two occasions, the those voices were clearly just. You guys said there was no message, but like the all the plant stuff was basically about how bad humans are to the environment. Yeah, right? that's true. And I almost like forgot that whole thing. You know, like, like like so those were all just mouthpieces for a, a worldview, which is a worldview I agree with. So I'm not, you know, I'm not critiquing it on that front. But but it wasn't like we were, you know, learned some like really beautiful details about uh you know well actually there were cases i'm let me change that there were cases where we got a little detail about a specific life even like a plant or an animal where i thought oh that's a great detail like that detail makes me care um so i guess really in a way i just wanted way more of that um and but yeah you're right that that choice i think I think it amplifies the voices of uh, it could amplify the voices of the dead because there's so many more of them. Um, but I, it just didn't feel that way to me. Um, it, yeah. I feel like if, if we got too much information about each death, then it starts to be about like, it starts to be about, it starts to be about those people. Yeah. Yeah. When, when really it's just trying to sort of communicate this idea of like, Hey, like, living and the choices you make while you're alive like yeah they yeah. matter mm-hmm. and once you die you kind of we're just on a train we're going somewhere but like yep. you vivi like you have the choices and and that that your experiences matter that that 
the whole thing with the with the chef in the in the lounge car, the the cafe car. That was my uh, favorite part of the whole game. By the oh way. yeah, yeah, I think oh, yeah. so too. I, uh, I I I I like the part about the tree too because, uh, but but uh, yeah, I think the the this guy was the what was he a, a chef a a what was his did he have a what do they call those people those guys that do that on the train. Uh, Tanner, we've been watching Snowpiercer. We should know about trains. Oh, that would be a good combo too. This game, but Snowpiercer. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Snowpiercer, but in this format. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I thought I thought the guy with the food and and the 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 whole idea about uh, you know not only the the importance of the memories of your past, but uh, you know the memories to come. Yeah, uh, yeah, like what he was telling her, and and she got this from uh, several other different uh, points. I think uh, one of the one of the animals, the owl, maybe uh, was talking about you know go out and make your go 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 live your life and make your experiences. And so yeah, it was just interesting to see that. And again, taking it back to uh, this sort of lowercase p philosophy or or. Or, or easily digestible philosophy. Uh, that's just kind of an interesting way to, to, to make this accessible, I think, to people. Yeah. Uh, the philosophy of, of death and mortality, but also that sort of existential idea of what is it that makes us who we are and what is it that, that is important. And yeah. yeah. So getting back also, though, to Olivia, your original question about how that design change works, um, I, I, I'm I curious what, what people think it, the game here is, and not to be like a, an ontologist and be like, we have to define a category for what games are, but like just in terms of mechanics, right, um, even subsurface circular kind of explored some interesting like puzzle logic, and it did some things that are, were gamier. Um, it, it, for me, it raises the question of whether, like, whether you really should it really need to click, right? Because this is a game literally where you just, or, you know, you hit the space bar for an hour. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, if, if, if the story is compelling and you're into it and it's, you know, then that becomes less of an issue, but, um, like you could just have a, a toggle switch at the beginning, which says, you know, automate all storytelling, right? And then stop hitting the space bar. And then it's really just a, a movie in a way. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not, it's, I'm saying this and it sounds like I'm being like super critical, but I, I just, again, as a design question, you know, uh, Mortician's Tale did some mechanical stuff that was really helped you to engage directly with, with you know, the physical idea of death. Yeah. Um, but there's not really a mechanic here, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I think, uh, well, I mean, there there kind of is. Um, I can imagine. So, like, when we played The Longest, no, that's not what it's called. Yeah, The Longest Road. Longest Road. Yeah. There, longest so there was Road a, in the world. In the in, world. On yeah, the yeah, Earth. Yeah. On the planet. <laughs> there, there was a part where, um, you know, you, you're, you're a kid. Or maybe, yeah, yeah, you're you're a kid and you're like yep. growing up, and uh, there was something about that 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 uh, kind of made me a little sad. Yeah, yeah. 
And I just pressed the button as fast as I could because I just wanted it to, I was uncomfortable. And so I yeah. wanted it to end. And so I, I can imagine there being some conversations in in this game. Yeah. If you're someone who's not accustomed to thinking about these sorts of things, yeah. or even if you do, I don't know. Um, but maybe that you're just, you're uncomfortable and you want to move on. And then I guess maybe part of it also is, do you have to talk to everybody to finish the game? No. No. So, you know, I think you you do have, there's an element of choice of like, well, I think I've heard enough. I just want to, I just want to be done. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So it's, it's, it's not choiceless. I just like longest, longest road on earth in the world on earth, longest road on earth. Um, like I rem- I have such a strong memory of the beauty of some of those moments because the mm-hmm. mechanics were so closely tied. Like, mm-hmm. like that, that one where you lose track of your mother in the crowd, yeah. um, you know, and how like, and then there's the one where you have to keep up with your father. I think you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're going like up hills and, and the, the pacing changes, like the mechanics of, again, that game only used, I think the arrow keys, more or less but but the but your your use of the arrow keys like the pacing change like you sped up and slowed down and like they used pacing in really powerful ways to create like with minimal mechanics they created these what for me were powerful emotional moments um so again this this game is what it is so but i i just again as a designer i want to explore like like what are the potential things you could do with yeah. with a format like this that would would give more of that that experience that that i felt in those other games so i guess that's what i'm asking yeah so so at least one element of that i i don't know if i believe that this was intentional um but if i was going to sit down and write an essay about <laughs> how i interpret it uh, I think the fact that you're relatively like incapable of like doing anything other than walking around and talking to people, yeah, uh, actually kind of matches up with with the philosophy of the game, right? Um, because like the, what makes you special as as Vivi is the fact that you're not dead, so nobody can do anything on the train mm-hmm. um, except reflect. Right. But, you know, kind of the the positive ending is that, like, you have the ability, once you leave the train, Mm -hmm. to go on and and make those decisions. Nice interpretation, Tanner. Thanks. Um, It's it's kind of a, you know, um, action through inaction thing. Yeah. Right. But I I think if you you look at it um, in terms of... uh, this is a game about uh, about being dead, mm-hmm. whereas something like Mortician's Tale is a game about about dying, yeah. like the the physical reality of mm-hmm. there is now a body. How do we how do we proceed with this? And mourners, yeah. And mm-hmm. I I think kind of this is a game about yeah being dead or having lived. You know, yeah. like because yeah. I think Robbie's right that it's more about like um the 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 going on to live part mm-hmm. but yeah. you know and the yeah and, and regret right i mean so, exactly. so many of the characters feel regret um and you know the the cat at the end right um i actually like i i have sort of mixed feelings about the cat but i but i do really love like i i was 
I guess in a kind of uh, uh, land before time way, I was hooked by the cat being like, oh, my poor kittens were in the, and I'm like, oh my God, save the kittens. <laughs> so, so I like, it's weird, like the things that, so, so interestingly, I wasn't particularly hooked by the story, much by the stories of the dead, but I was hooked by this, this kind of moment where we're like, okay, well, you know, she has a chance to save these other lives that are, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the animal ones made me cry more than any of the people. Mm-hmm. Is that well, I don't know what that says about me, Aww. but the dog, the old dog made me cry. Yeah. I, I think that's you're probably not alone in that. I, I feel like they really kind of twisted the knife more on some of the animals. It, uh yeah. it whereas almost... they had the baby make like weird jokes about being able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I still I really didn't I... like the way they wrote the baby. I again I see why they did it the way they did it but i was just like totally like i didn't feel like it like the baby, baby was, was jokes this. i guess i didn't like it feel was like a matter of fact like yeah it, like yeah time. exactly well like but it, the it fact was... that they were talking that way felt like a joke i don't know i, I just i i, I just felt they weird put him a c- like give him a cigar yeah. <laughs> well i think i think it's in the old stage about the 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 ways of life and death you know i think well, I think he has a line where he talks about how he's not wise. He just isn't burdened with having right, yeah, right lived. Which I think I I think a lot of those points that they made, I think it was a great inclusion to have like all these people have regrets and they have these hard feelings or they have like super big great responses and, and emotions. And he's just sort of like I don't know, man. Like I wasn't I wasn't around oh, long enough. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. it seems cool. Like all these no. people are talking about cool stuff. Yeah. I really like some of the stuff the baby said for sure. Like I really feel like 50% of it was really interesting and and really yeah. made me sort of that that is the conversation that really really made me sort of see what the game was was doing. Yeah. You know? But then there were a couple lines that I was just like uh, well I and the, yeah I mean this comes all the way back to to kind of what I said earlier about moments. And and I think that's where, again, if I were going to, you know, be like, do it again. Um, you know, I feel like, yeah, like, like, you know, some percentage of the game was moving and, and caught me off guard and made me think about death in interesting ways and made me think about life in interesting ways. But then there was just like this outer shell of what felt like repetitive, Video game character dialogue, and I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like, well, Joe, can can I ask the the that percentage of it that was? Yeah. What was that? Sorry, I lost you there. Was that enough? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can now. Yes. Can you just repeat it? Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'll try to remember to cut this part out, but if I don't, uh, no worries. That's how technology works. It's real life. Is what it it is. is. Real life. Absolutely. Um, it's real pre-recorded life. Well, I was just saying that, Joe, do you feel like that you were saying that there were moments that were um, weighty, that that were heavy and surprised you with how meaningful they were? Do you feel like those moments were enough to carry the the game and carry the story? For me, personally? Yeah. No. But that's okay. I mean, I, I, I think it given how positive the response to it is, it's clearly having an impact on lots of people. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I'm not I think, one of them. So I think that speaks to though, how much these sorts of games are needed that a yeah. lot of people like, and again, not to say that this, like the standards are low, which is why they liked it. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. Um, 
But I, I feel like a lot of people were pleasantly surprised to see something like this in a yes. game that was really approachable and really mm -hmm. on its surface and really okay with meditating on these things. Um, yeah. It's definitely the type of game that I, again, yeah, we already mentioned that it would fit in last season with talking about how short it is and how yeah. and how valuable of an interesting thing it's doing and how we don't have many games like this. And so, and a lot of people want to have these moments in their media of choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think agree. that is, is sort of speaks to that a little bit, right? A lot of people talking about like, they, you know, they played it on stream and they were crying and, you know, they, they were thinking about the family member that, you know, and, and maybe it was just a matter of being in whatever the headspace while playing it. Yeah. Um, that made a big difference as well. But because um, I, I really think it's a beautiful game that did some great things. Um, yeah, sure. and, and, I mean, and that these sorts of games yes. I'll always like stand by. No, know? no, absolutely. And and like I know you feel you, that way. No, too. we I'm always not... no, you're you're totally right. And and we always come back to the same point, which is that I'm so uh -huh. glad somebody made it. I'm so glad yeah. somebody made it. But having said that, like, you know, I'm 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 a harsh critic because I go into every game wanting to have my you know my socks knocked off, right? Mm -hmm. And and I go into every game with the memory of something like, you know, what remains of Edith Finch in my head. And I'm like, please be like that. <laughs> and, you know, and we all have games like that in our heads, like where, you know, the, it's not just that I had moments in a game like that. It's that I left that game feeling transformed mm -hmm. about what games could be and, you know, and how they could, uh, they could kind of create an environment and a story for somebody to, to deal with things like death and family and, and, disappointment and suicide and mental illness and all of those things are wrapped up in a game like that and, and and in ways that I as an you know an adult who thinks a lot about this stuff I felt like you know man you just you killed me um, and so again I I love that this game was made but it's it's hard when when you have these kind of these other things to compare you know what I'm saying I won't say any more about it yeah. but anyway moving on I, I i appreciate it um on, on a lot of those same levels i really did enjoy it and and i enjoyed it um a lot more even though i saw exactly what they were trying to do with it and we've talked about this before that a lot of times when you get the conceit of a game especially a game like this where they're where they're where there's a message kind of or or where, where there's a, a much bigger point than just playing the game. Um, and we've talked about how when you can see uh, just sort of the conceit of the game and what they're what they're trying to get you to to feel or do, um, that kind of spoils it for me. This game didn't really do that. I liked mm -hmm. that it was simple enough. Um, it, it was exactly what it was supposed to be right on the surface. I knew after the first couple of minutes, um, you know, I was, I was wondering whether anything else was going to happen down the line, whether she would leave the train or whether there was a bigger picture or, I mean, you, you could think of all the different places that they could go with this. Um, but then when I realized that, you know, you're just talking to the ghosts on the train and you're just talking about life, death and experience. Um, I was, I was cool with that and was happy to be along for the ride for that hour. I do, uh, I am interested kind of in that idea, Joe, that you touched on speaking of being along for the ride of it being you really not having much. You, you had the choice to talk to someone or not. But other than that, you just scrolled through and clicked through uh, all of the talking. 
Uh, one small thing that I wish that they would have done a, a slightly, a little bit different was the little audio sound. The audio sound. Yeah. yeah. Every but time they, you hit the space bar. Every time you hit the space bar, there's this of kind of like the, the, mm-hmm. the typing noise or the wording noise. Yeah. I lowered uh, the volume so that I wouldn't have to hear it. Yeah. If I wish, and maybe there was a way to toggle it and I just didn't, didn't look for it, but, uh, being able to turn that off, um, it, it just got, you know, for an hour of that being pretty much the only real sound in the game, uh, other than some background noises. But can uh, I come back to something you said a bit, minute ago about the, like, your expectations of the experience? Because yeah, Olivia mentioned something similar a little while ago about like the frame of mind that one's yeah. in when uh-huh. approaching a game like this. And, and I think that can not only the frame of mind emotionally, but also the kind of expectation of what a game will be. Because I think that's a really powerful design idea, right? Um, Not only because when people's expectations, like basically two things can happen when your expectations are subverted, right? Either it can be a really powerful, positive experience, or it can be hugely disappointing, right? And, And I think this is a great game to think about that problem because, you know, I read a I tried to read a bunch of the reviews on Steam and obviously there are tons of positive ones, but several negative ones kind of framed it in, in, in a similar way, which was, there were kind of two categories. One was people who were very concerned, who were like, had struggled with depression and felt like the framing of suicide in this game was really not fair. Um, so that was one set of critiques. And then the other one was about people whose expectations were for something a different kind of experience. And then they came to that thing of like, I didn't realize I was just going to be talking to people. Um, And so it's just interesting to think about how that, that sense of expectation and how that, you know, how that can have a big impact on how we, how we criticize or how we, we experience a game. Yeah. And I I think that's why I'm willing to give it more of a pass on some of the things that, that Joe, you're being, uh, (laughs) Kind of critical of, not annoyingly critical. Uh, No, no, it's, I I can give it more of a pass because I think I came to it with a, uh, with just simpler expectations. And I'm okay with that because I've certainly had the opposite problem in other games that we've had. I wanted them to be a whole lot more than they were. Mm. And, and that was, uh, you know, uh, several games throughout this, uh, the history of this podcast. I've come to them and just they kind of fell flat because of my expectations going into it. And I think this is one of the more rare occasions. Nice. Where I didn't have a lot of a lot of expectations Um, going in. So that that helped. I will say that. So, Joe, you mentioned the art style a little while ago. I love the way that they really quickly communicated the sort of frame of mind of the protagonist, just like in her um, in her I, I guess you can call it a sprint. Her her sprint animation. Yes. Her little yeah. like foot yeah. shuffle, like yeah. trying to be no, really polite like, on the yeah. train. Yeah, and she's like, like a geisha. Little, like, doo, 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 yeah. doo, doo. I thought that was adorable, and also like, I don't know, just the way that she held held, held herself. Yeah. You know, it just like, felt so very like really small. Like she yeah. makes her body kind of tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. Lots of really nice yeah. details like that in oh the my game, God. and the way they drew the ghosts. Yeah. And the other characters are, yeah, I really liked that. I know you mentioned art, so I just wanted to bring that no, back yeah, up yeah, 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 yeah. as another thing, another detail that is an example, I think, of some really nice subtle subtle details in the game that were really easy to not really think about. Yeah, um, and it's I evocative. Did, Sorry, go ahead. 
I was just gonna say I did I do feel like that if they leaned into that a little bit more rather than getting on the train and her being like wow I sure was depressed did I die um <laughs> right. so that that conversation felt a little bit on the nose and, and a little bit sort of in line with like what Tanner was saying of making mm-hmm. it really clear you know sort of what type of person she was what sort of but yeah. I also feel like it was there was lots of more subtle ways they communicated that as well but yeah no the the art like one of the big kind of things it evokes for me is is spirited away right like the ghost train in that movie Um, Mm -hmm. and so it made me think of that really quickly and so I like that there were some elements of the art style that that overlapped with that kind of feel um, that uh, the kind of translucence of the ghost with the it was kind of empty eyes and and yeah it just it that felt powerful Um, and the fact that they were like yeah kind of stuck on it with this um but I also was really interested in the, their choice to have everyone masked, all the living people. Um, notice that too. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was um, a. Uh, I thought no, was, I didn't notice that. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I thought that was a powerful choice um, because it, for me, again, as a, as a kind of choice for the environment, like it, it, it kind of reminded me why someone might like be even more so struggling right because of the (laughs) so it gave that um what's interesting right is just like in real life when people are masked we lose some of the emotional kind of effect of their face um so like there's that one shot of her in the cutscene where she gets to eat the food at the at the little cafe car and we get to see her unmasked um and uh it's really different from most of the game where, you know, we're not getting her like her full kind of emotional effect, I guess. Um, yeah. And I think that's part of why that one scene was so much more. Yeah. That, that was probably the most real and touching scene in the, in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, that emotionality. it paralleled the ghost and the people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the, the fact that the ghosts have very simple faces, you just see their eyes. And then, yeah. you know, the people on the bus, you also don't see more than their eyes because they're all wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was, that was a really nice touch too. Yeah, no. And it, it's, it's funny because it's, um, I was watching something recently. Oh, uh, Graham Norton, the, you guys know the, the British uh, mm-hmm. talk show host. So mm-hmm. somebody was on his show uh, and they were discussing like issues around designing, doing creative work during the pandemic. And they were talking about like, you know, making films and do you like even mention anything in like about the pandemic or do you just ignore it entirely or do you touch on it or do you have people and that all of those and they again they brought up that question somebody said this earlier in the podcast tonight like that idea of like how um you know we want to escape like a lot of times we go to media to escape we don't want to think about the pandemic we want to think about like things that aren't the pandemic right and so um so this idea of like including these masks for me is a really it's it's one of the more interesting i think and powerful choices that that this game makes so um yeah I, I had not noticed that, but now that you mention it, yeah, I totally agree with that. That's a really uh, very small but but powerful little way to to make those differences. I like that now. <laughs> thanks, Joe. thanks, Joe and Olivia, for pointing that out. That's cool. No problem. Tanner did something really good earlier, and I've forgotten what it is now, which is because I'm old. But what did you do earlier that was so awesome, Tanner? That made me happy. Not sure. Was it was it my uh, my leap of faith for the uh, action through inaction? 
Yes, mechanic. that's okay. what it was. <laughs> what? Good job again. <laughs> my my thesis on how the the mechanics. Oh the yes, game. okay. They're deliberately restrictive. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> Which again, it's a great parallel to the longest road on earth because I, I still remember those periods when I was stuck on the train in that game. And I was mm-hmm. like, and, the, and it makes you just sit on the train for like a minute. Um, and you're just like, come on, I can't do anything. But then you <laughs> finally get to that point where you're like, well, maybe that's okay that you can't yeah. do anything. But it's, it's such a great kind of uh, awakening kind of moment. Mm-hmm. I, I do always think that those those are really hard needles to thread uh, yeah. whenever you're trying to make the player stop and feel a, a different thing than they're probably accustomed uh, yeah. when, they're, when they're playing uh, video games. But Especially with how much time games have spent building up that sort of shared language of yep. games, you know, and then to disrupt that is, is very difficult to do. Yeah. But if you want to know more about that, you can go back and watch our episode on Longest Road on Earth from last season. It's yes. a really good one. Yes. E- E806. <laughs> I don't remember what sure. the number is. I just made that. I just... <laughs> no, don't, don't quote Joe on that. Yeah. That's probably not right. <laughs> Who knows what it was? We don't even have six episodes in a season anymore, so that can't possibly right. be true. But uh, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, but coming back to this again as a design idea, the the you know this is the the his whole history of film is is disrupted in this way, right? Like, so you get you get film that's has a sort of convention that it establishes about a bunch of things. And then some new group of filmmakers come along and they totally disrupt that, right? Like, so the French new wave in the late fifties and early sixties is a kind of great example of that, where they just start like, here are some things we've never done with cameras before, but we're going to do them because we're French and we think we should. And, you know, and then suddenly <laughs> and they were, right. were like, Oh my God, I couldn't, I've, I never imagined a movie could be like that. And, and so that's why I love, you know, again, we've been talking about longest road on earth tonight, but I love games like that, that are like, sure you expect the game to do this, but it's going to do something totally different. And I think the more games we have that are willing to disrupt like that. And the, the fact there's such a healthy indie culture in games um, means that, you know, we get chances to see that more and more. Yeah. That steam take away your two hour, <laughs> fix it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know how, but fix it. Right. At least for French for French games, since the French the French are <laughs> yeah. so avant-garde, they're always doing <laughs> new wave things. So, what did you guys have any other thoughts about the audio? We talked briefly about the. Um, there's only one song in the game, which I think is roles plays during the credits, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the case. I didn't didn't notice a ton of sound design, but. Maybe I just kind of blinked through it. Uh, it was like background noise, right? Or background, it was sort of this ambient musical thing. Yeah, right? it was a kind of really light ambient. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Maybe we're hallucinating. I, uh, right. If, if there wasn't, they did a really good job of giving us that space to fill then. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my single largest sort of personal complaint um, is that there was about twice as much uh, uh, plant cars as I thought <laughs> was interesting, considering that several of them just like pretend to not be able to talk. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's um, so I, interesting coming off of Death and Taxes, too, with the plants uh-huh. also being a thing in that game. Right. Because <laughs> I, I liked that they were in both games. But that's that's where I felt the most repetition. Yeah. Maybe it's because of um, all the all the coal mines you own. <laughs> yeah. Coal magnet that I am. Exactly. You're just like Ebenezer Scrooge. You you can't deal with being confronted with your the devastation that you've caused to the environment. <laughs> I think you're right. That's what that's what I think is going on. Uh I mean that's probably true on some level. So <laughs> uh yeah no it's so i kept wanting like those little mushrooms fan the little mushroom family which i think shows Mm -hmm. up at least once but maybe twice um where there's three of them and like one of them's like no don't talk yeah she'll hear you i wanted them to like to build on themselves or yeah it's yeah yeah it felt it felt like like mushrooms could have an interesting outlook on dying and death yeah like chopped up uh, to be dinner for somebody uh, yeah but, and so, so I, like, I, did, I did like the mushrooms ever die <laughs> let's see that's yeah <laughs> oh that's true because they're always like the spores are getting i don't how, know how nature works really so. <laughs> <laughs> and mushrooms are not real like they're they're some weird alien they don't work like everything else works so no they're in their own category on the big tree yeah. right right but right. but I, I found that especially like I felt like they could have used some of that to to make some of the earlier characters, the humans and the animals, a, a little bit more uh, in depth. But yeah. Uh, what about uh, Curious George? No one's mentioned <laughs> Curious George. We talked yeah. a lot about the baby, but no one's talked about Curious George. I uh-huh. I yeah I did notice the. The reference. I was I was a monkey. I was curious. <laughs> that was an e- Easter egg, I guess. I am yeah. curious how. Like, I guess it. He was probably from the zoo because they, they say it. They say that like all the souls are from like within ten kilometers of the. Yeah, yeah. Like the train. He was but except for the elephant, the elephant was killed by a tiger at the zoo. I at don't know. Zoo. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I assumed. See, no, maybe. no, no, no. The the elephant specifically was not at the zoo. He was like a performer or something. Yeah, but he had a wild elephant. Okay. Huh. No, no, because remember he had to keep giving rides over and over again to children, uh, yep. which actually hit me really hard oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was a yeah. child, I went right. to the Bronx Zoo and rode the I, elephant. Maybe it was the tiger attack that just made it feel feel wild. Yeah. Okay. But actually, interestingly, that's one that, that kind of affected me. I was like, oh, man. Because I, I remember riding the elephant at the Bronx Zoo as a child, and I never See, really, as a kid, thought about how the elephant felt about that situation. Totally full circle. Yep. This is all about you are the sum of all of your experiences. Yes. That is the, that's the philosophy, philosophical underpinning of this whole game. Yep. So there you go, Joe. You, you just, you just like... Nailed it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the standout things that in terms of you know relating it to a child like that's a pretty clean way to sort of be like look like everyone's done things in their past uh intentionally or unintentionally that that hurt other people and things right um but that doesn't make you a bad person yeah like you know which is uh can be a lot for for somebody young like that um Mm -hmm. you know and 
other people too, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> not young people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, I think that that is where this game works: is that it is a um, really straightforward, simple. Uh, maybe too simple, but a good, simple, uh, accessible way to to discuss purpose and the meaning of life, kind of to now, yeah audience or to, to you know to an audience that needs to hear it. Absolutely, and I know we're we're probably winding down on time, but I did want to ask: um, ha- Have you guys played other games like this and Subsurface Circular, where you really are just? Like literally the whole game is just talking to people. Like there's no other mechanic or alternate environment or, you know, cause visual novels have a lot of talking to people, but they, you know, sometimes they're like mixed with combat, like in JRPGs or they're, you know, although I'm not certain what a JRPG is. I think it's combat <laughs> in a visual novel. <laughs> what do I know? Um, I I'm just feel curious. like I have, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah I, I almost feel like if you had asked an hour ago, I would have had five. Right, yeah. yeah. You, but now I can't because I'm on the spot. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. Uh, dear Esther. Oh yeah, through letters. There, there aren't though, any right? walking simulators, yeah. I guess. Like true, quote unquote, walking. Yeah. Simulators. Gone home. Yeah, yeah. but it, I guess in that sense, those are really artifacts, right? So you're just like you're sort of collecting, like letters and and descriptions and. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just couldn't think. I was like, I I must have played other games where it's just conversation, but I can't think of any either. And so now I'm kind of wondering if this would count as its own sort of subgenre. Well, I yeah. mean, let, let, let's think about that a little bit because there's a lot of games that we play that are essentially conversations between you, the main character, and usually typically a bunch of NPCs or, or artifacts that you interact with, right? Mm-hmm. And the difference is the thing that makes it not seem like that. So I'm thinking of Diary of a Spaceport Janitor, for example. Mm-hmm. The difference here is that like the whole thing that you do in that is go around and talk to people. Right. But the difference is that you are able to have an inventory and you're able to, you do have more, more choices, mm-hmm. but, but essentially what it boils down to when you take away all of those other little gamed pieces like inventory and, and, and those pieces of choice, it's, it's just a, a day by day diary thing of, of, you know, uh, going through, going through a, a visual novel, right. An interactive novel. Do right. You guys see- See what I mean? I do yeah. see what you mean, but you did effectively just say if you take out all the things that yes. are in the game except for talking, the game is yes. just about talking. Well, but I mean, okay, but contrast that with a lot game. of games. No, but contrast that with a game that is a you know a combat game, a first-person shooter where you might talk to people, but uh, that's a very different. It's a very different thing. I partly <laughs> agree with you. I, I I see the point I think you're making, but. But Diary of a Spaceport Janitor, there was a huge amount of exploration and collection. And like, I agree the diary was a, was a key mechanic, but, but I, I don't remember that game for talking to people. I remember it for kind of exploring, of, you know, kind of really angular city 
and and yes. you know and finding stuff and and that the exploration and collection for me were were the things that that struck me sure, sure. But, I, I definitely agree whereas but i'll remember I'll, this really game. all i remember is is just dirt girl <laughs> yeah right um my beloved well, and it, it does make me realize that games like this benefit so hugely from voiceover, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, uh, speaking of Dirt Girl, her her great voiceover part. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, for all of you listeners who, again, if you haven't heard our podcast about Diary of a Space Report Jenner, go back several seasons and uh, where we where we all played that game as well. And uh, it really ended up being mostly about Dirt Girl, I think, right? <laughs> Quite a bit, anyway. Uh, my memory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm literally going through my list right now of games, like, on Steam that I own. Yeah. And being like, oh, this game is one where you just talk to people, but it's no, it's you talk to people and you do X, like, yeah. in every single case yep. so far. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well, um, I think when you, when you do that, you kind of take away from... Then, then you could play the game and not care about what they're saying. Yep. And I think in some ways, I mean, this ties back to what kind of Tanner was saying earlier. Um, you know, that's that's part of why people play games is to not have to think about these sorts of subjects. Yeah. And so taking away all the, you know, the inventories and the combat kind of makes you makes you have to I, face these ideas. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, the other side of it, I think, is that um, I read an article recently by somebody who is ex- kind of talking about game narrative. And one of the questions they raised about narrative in games, which I thought was a really powerful one, was how do you how do you make players want to read dialogue? Like, how do you and, and I feel like we may have talked about this a little bit with one of the other games we played if it was last month or the month before. But um but yeah, like, like, how do you make it so players like literally can't wait for the next line of dialogue or they're like, wow, I can't, I'm so psyched that character showed up again. Or, um, and there are tons of things like, um, oh God, I, I, I said this last time, what's the game? Oxenfree. So like Oxenfree does a really cool thing with its dialogue in the ways that it kind of combines dialogue with the way people are moving around it creates like this sense of the dynamism of dialogue and really definitely one of my favorite dialogue systems ever. yeah um or you get something like um like fallen london and, and sunless sea and sunless sky the games that have come out of that kind of world um where the dialogue is chunked up into storylets where you do a lot of stuff with so so you're kind of mixing the mechanics into the dialogue so you've got like um or even Disco Elysium, right? Where you, you like, so I guess my point is that if, if you're going to focus on dialogue, I'm just curious as a designer about ways that you can, you know, if you're like, I want people to read and I want them to think, and that's what I'm going to do with this game. Um, I just think it's it's worth exploring what you can do inside that, that space too. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's room uh, in this game to sort of explore UX a little bit more. Like even if you keep the same exact like like verbs in the game, mm-hmm. you can just like walk around and talk to people. Uh the like the kind of just arrow key spacebar, like just tapping yeah. through it. Uh I think you could you could do more with like the presentation of the text. Yeah. Uh and sort of how you navigate it and read it. And it would feel, you know, it's a fantasy setting. You can get like really thematically uh adventurous 
with that. So for sure. Yeah. So again, none of that is to say like to dismiss this one, but mm -hmm. it's just for me always interesting to think, well, what could you do? Um, and yeah, when I think of again, Disco Elysium and, and, uh, and Oxenfree and other games that have, that have really kind of provoked, like pushed at the boundaries of what can be done with dialogue. It, it, it makes me excited to think about what you could do. Um, if that was your whole focus, like all we're going to do is dialogue. So um, well, maybe we should just kind of go around for some final thoughts if people are up for that. Yeah, that sounds good. And Olivia, you're going last. <gasps> oh no, yep. the pressure. Be ready. <laughs> well, I will jump in uh, and, and just say, I it, it was a nice, uh, really simple, straightforward game um, that I, I think does exactly what it sets out to do in a in a good uh pretty wholesome way and i enjoyed it i enjoyed it even more than i thought that i would because as i mentioned earlier i, I typically don't go for visual novelty kind of games but this was enjoyable yeah nice yeah. um i i kind of see what they were trying to do i think they were you know they did it in a competent way i i know maybe i was overstating how much i uh, I like that. I think there's definitely a lot of room for improvement, but I, I appreciate it for what it is. I'm glad that people are making this sorts of things. We didn't get to touch on it, but I guess just to sneak it in there, I didn't really like the sort of, um, they're kind of coming at it from, they're kind of coming at the afterlife from a sort of uh, Christian viewpoint. They don't, not overtly, but there's definitely sort of, you can clear, you can clearly tell that that's sort of the background of, at least the culture that these people, uh, that the developers come from. Mm. We did not talk it. about that, but I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe that would be something that, uh, philosophically, maybe I wasn't totally on board with, but everything else, you know, it's, it's, it's harmless. It's, it's good. It's not like, it's not a hardcore philosophy text, but it's a good thing to get something, uh, to get someone thinking about it. If, uh, it's not something they're used to thinking about, which is important. You did just make me realize why I'm being so critical. It's because I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for helping me realize that. You don't have to, you don't have anything to look forward to when you die. No. This is it for me. <laughs> Life is pain and then you die. Therefore, game bad. Exactly. See, if you just put a little cat in that picture, you've got the meme for me. I'm well, basically like a like a Twitter comment thread already in the making. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, Tanner, do you want to say a bit? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, uh, I, I think it's a, a nice little put together game. Um, I, I think the length is its, its strong suit. I uh, feel like I got, got exactly the amount that I wanted. Not, not to say that like, you know, any more would have been terrible, but uh it felt well scoped is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I suppose they, they kind of seem to have um, landed very well with, with that content because about the time where I was like getting through the plants, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. And I was like, okay, you're done. Let's go like do the, the, the ending. Um, Let's go uh, fight the final boss. Exactly. <laughs> is, uh, hunger. We're going to go. The final boss. Hunger. <laughs> Hungry kittens. Hungry is. kittens. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh i uh 
I think this will be a game that I return to to compare, at least with you know some of the games I uh, am thinking about that could be coming down down the line this season. So so yeah, nice. And yeah, I I found some really beautiful moments, both philosophical and emotional, um, but they just didn't hang together enough for me overall. Um, I love the art style. Um, I, I actually love the concept. Um, so I just wanted the writing to do more work for me than it ended up doing overall. Um, but I'm, as always, so grateful that somebody made the game because I, I think, as we've already said, it's so important that games like this are being made. So uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Olivia to say whatever she'd like about not only this month's game, but next month's game as well. I thank you, Joe. Thank you for You're handing welcome. it over to me. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, no. Are you sure? I'm taking it back. No, go. <laughs> no take backs. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I did really like it. It's um, a short and sweet game that I, I do love just these sorts of games, as I always say, right? This did feel like, in some ways, it was very personal to people making it, the sort of things that maybe, you know, they had to work through recently. And again, that's just me extrapolating probably maybes from sort of just the feeling of the game but it's also a nice framework to you know to think about some things that I maybe have been avoiding thinking about aggressively um, <laughs> um and yeah it's nice and I definitely recommend anybody listening to pick it up because it's really cheap and it's completely worth playing just you know for an episode of like a tv show basically long so I would definitely recommend it um so with that, I guess we can go on to announcing next month's game, right? Anything else we need to do first? Nope. 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 All right, listeners. So next month's game um, is a game that I'm really excited about and is partially uh, based on a request from a listener. <gasps> you know who you are. Um, and so next for next month, we are going to be playing Paradise Killer, which is a really cool stylish murder mystery uh by kaizen gameworks and published by fellow fellow traveler um and i'm really excited to see what we all have to say about it next month Woohoo! nice well thanks for joining us brad are you going to take us out yeah again as, as joe was saying thank you all for joining us um we really appreciate you giving us a listen uh, to our little podcast here um, if you did play this game along with us, we'd like to hear your thoughts about it, um, about what comes after. Uh, tell us what you thought in the comments on our webpage or on our Facebook page, or join us on Discord. We've got all those links available uh, on Facebook and, uh, uh, and the website, littlerockgames.com. Um, and underneath us right now is a song called Plain Loafer by Kevin McLeod. Um, that's our theme music. Um, we want to say thanks for that. And that's available along with a whole lot of other uh, great music from Kevin McLeod. Uh, just search for his name or click the link again on our webpage to find out more. Got great sounds for you guys to, to use in any of your projects out there. Um, and with that, um, thanks again for joining us. And we will see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.